Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspective is in honor of all those who need a quick and speedy recovery, and may Hashem grant them all a refuah shalema. This week's Parsha Perspective is in loving memory of Daniel Aaron ben Yigal Yeshua, Leah Mincha Basak of Yosef, Edward ben Ephraim, Shlomo ben Edward, and Yochmila Daniel ben Gedalia. May Hashem uplift their neshamas, their souls, and may the memories be a blessing. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Pamidbar, Pray for Me. Our Parsha begins the fourth book of the Torah, Sefer Bamidbar. Bamidbar takes up from the story and the end of the second book of the Torah, Sefer Shemais. The Jewish people traveled from Egypt to Harsinai to Mount Sinai, and they received the Torah, but they also committed the grave sin of the golden calf. After obtaining forgiveness from God through Moshe's prayer, they built a Mishkan and inaugurated it on the first of Nisan, almost one year since their exodus from Egypt. And now the Jewish people are ready to travel to the Promised Land, to the Holy Land, through the desert. Our Parsha picks up with Hashem commanding Moshe to count every single Jewish man from the age of 20 to 60. The number totaled to 603,000, excluding the tribe of Levi. They were counted separately and from just one month old, totaling 22,000 people. God then instructed Moshe the arrangement and the formation that the Jewish people would travel throughout the desert. The Mishkan was at the center of the formation. On the east side was the tribes of Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zavulun. On the south side was the tribes of Reuven, Shimon, and Gad. On the west side was the tribes of Ephraim, Menashe, and Benjamin, and on the north side were the tribes of Dun, Asher, and Naphtali. However, a question comes to mind. Following the details of the formation that the Jewish people traveled in the desert, the Torah repeats the priestly duties. The parak, the chapter, begins with the pasuk, Eile toldois Aaron u'moshe biyom diber Hashem es Moshe bahar Sinai. And these are the children of Aaron and Moshe when God spoke to Moshe by Mount Sinai. And these are the names of Aaron's sons, Nadav, the firstborn, Aviyu, Elazar, and Isamar. But the Torah doesn't continue and recall Moshe's children, as the Pasuk previously would imply. Why does Torah not detail the children of Moshe as well? Rashi, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentator, answers this question by quoting the Talmud in Sanhedrin. He writes that since Moshe Rabbeinu taught Aaron's four sons the Torah, he is considered to be their father. Rabbi Yonison, the student of the great and holy Rabbi Shmuel, writes, A person who teaches Torah to another person's son, it is if he has given birth to him as well. And therefore, the Torah does not need to add Moshe Rabbeinu's children because it was referring to Nadav and Aviyu and Elazar and Yusamar, Aaron's four children. However, the Orachim HaKadosh, Rav Chaim Ibn Attar, a Moroccan commentary and Kabbalist, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He comes to a similar conclusion as Rashi, but from a different perspective. He agrees that the Torah doesn't skip Moshe's children because Aaron's children were considered like Moshe Rabbeinu's. He writes that Aaron's children were like Moshe Rabbeinu's because he prayed for them, he davened for them, he begged God for mercy. In Sefer Devarim, in his final speech to the Jewish nation, Moshe Rabbeinu recounts the sin of the Eagle Azov, the golden calf. He says that I threw myself before God, 
And I ate no bread and drank no water for 40 days and 40 nights because of the great sin you committed. And specifically, when he's referring to Aaron Akoyin, he says, And with Aaron, God was angry enough to destroy him and his family, and so I interceded on their behalf. The Aruch HaMakadosh explains that when Moshe Rabbeinu intervened and prayed for Aaron and his sons, he became considered like their father. For Aaron and his descendants until today were spared, were saved because of Moshe's appeal to God's sense of mercy, to God's sense of compassion. The Aruch HaMakadosh quotes the Medrash in Vayikra Rabbah, that God is more likely to listen to prayers when said for someone else. There is no doubt that Aaron prayed to God to save his children from punishment for his role in the sin of the Eagle Azov, the sin of the Golden Calf. But God chose to answer the prayer said by Maish Rabbeinu because it represents his selflessness and his altruism. We see examples of this multiple times throughout the Torah. And I'll provide just two. Avram Avinu prayed for Avimelech, the king of Grara, and then God finally gave Avram Avinu a son, Yitzchak. And Yitzchak similarly prayed and begged God to show mercy and compassion to his wife Rivka and give them a son. But Yitzchak did not pray for a son. He prayed that his wife be granted a wish she desired more than life itself, to be a mother to the next generation. The Yorachai Makadosh's profound lesson is ever more relevant as we approach the holiday of Shavuos, the time of the giving of the Torah. The Pasuk recounts the unity, the selflessness that the Jewish people had at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai. They were like one person with one heart. They were selfless. They were humble. They were giving. And most importantly, they were united as one. And we must emulate their unity as we beg God to heal the sick or to give prosperity and success to the poor. For God will mirror our actions and give us the ultimate redemption. In our daily life, it is imperative to realize that in a society like today that prioritizes self-interest, we must do the opposite. We must emphasize selflessness, compassion, and kindness. Such benevolence, such empathy creates a community that lasts far beyond its founders. It fosters a sense of unity, a sense of integrity and responsibility that will thrive in the face of adversity. The test of time is no match for the perseverance of a one people because it is a total sum of effort and commitment. There is a powerful quote by Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs of Blessed Memory on the prayer for Yitzchak and his wife Rivka. Prayer is a conversation between heaven and earth, but conversation is also a prayer. For in true conversation, I open up myself to the reality of another person. I enter their world. I begin to see things from a perspective not my own. In touch of two selves, both are changed. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.